We are so thankful that you are here worshiping with us on this beautiful morning. I know there's a lot of places you could be, but I'm just so thankful that you are here and that you are worshiping with us on this day. It's so good to have you in the presence of the Lord today. There are so many things going on in the world today. It's a very important week in our nation. Uh, as there will be an inauguration uh, on Wednesday, we'll be praying for our nation all throughout this week. We are praying for the peace of our nation. We are praying uh, for leaders that are coming in, that they will be directed by the word of the Lord. They'll be directed by God himself. And uh, th that, that is our prayer. No matter whether you agree uh, who or what or how you voted, we need to be praying for, uh, for our leaders. Amen. And we need to be praying that they are uh, living and being directed according to the word of the Lord. And that's going to be my prayer all throughout this year, that our leaders are being led and they are living according to the word. Uh, and that's, that's my hope and that's my prayer. Before we go any further today, uh, uh, we want to pray for McKinley Vaughn and Fawn. Would you just stand up where you are right there? Whole family, just go ahead and stand up. It's a family affair. Tomorrow, McKinley is leaving for basic training for the army. Let's give him a hand. He has signed up and he is going tomorrow for basic training. If you would, would you just stretch your hands toward him and the family today? We're going to pray today for McKinley. God, I just pray, Lord, your hedge of protection around this young man today and this family. Lord, I pray, Lord, as he is in training, Lord, that you would strengthen him. I pray that every day, Lord, that he looks up to the heavens and calls out your name uh, throughout this training, Lord. Lord, I pray that as he is there, I pray that he does not forget how he has been brought up. I pray that he does not forget the word that has been spoken to him for many years, Lord. And I pray that while he is there, God, that you will strengthen him and encourage him. Lord, I pray that while he is there, Lord, that you, have, that you let him find a friend, a confidant, Lord, someone to share with, someone to lean on, Lord, someone that will strengthen him and he can strengthen his brother, Lord. I pray, Lord, that hedge of protection around him physically and mentally, Lord. I pray for the entire our family today as this is as this can somewhat be an emotional time for the parents and, and for the extended family God I pray Lord that you comfort them I pray Lord that every day I pray that they feel your spirit just surrounding them Lord I pray every day Lord that you whisper to them peace in their mind and in their heart Lord and I thank you God for this young man today who's willing to stand up for our nation who's willing to fight for our nation who's who's willing to fight for the rights of America I thank you God for him and I pray God that you would just your hands would be on him over these next few weeks as he is training and we will give you all honor and glory and praise can we give one more hand clap for McKinley for making this big decision with his life today amen thank you who's ready for the word of the Lord this morning Open up your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 3 today. I'll be going there in just a moment. If it is your first time with us, I want to say welcome to Legacy Church. We are just so excited that you are here worshiping with us today. If it is your first time, you should have received a card when you walked in the door. Uh, please be sure you fill that out. If you didn't, you can get one as you leave. Our ushers will be there uh, to help you out. And if you'd like to give uh, financially uh, with your tithes and with your offering or with a gift uh, as you leave today, 
today. Our ushers will be at the door. You can drop it in the bucket as you leave. We have envelopes for you out there that you can get and that you can fill out. Uh, be sure you do that with your information. Uh, it, is such, um, it is such a great help every single week as we are helping people right here in our city and around the world. So I thank you so much for your faithfulness with your giving. Let's be in prayer this week. As I mentioned earlier, it's an important week for our nation as we are uh, doing an inauguration this week. So let's be in prayer for our nation all throughout this week for the safety and for the peace of our nation. We're going to Acts chapter 3 in just a moment. Last uh, two weeks, I've been talking about culture shock. And last week, I kind of kind of set up this week of where we're going uh, with the word today. And... Um, Last week, we were talking about our own limitations, excuse me, limitations, and our limitations or our natural self, our genetics, and all of our weaknesses. And whenever you get up in the morning, you are faced with your own limitations. Can I get an amen? I was in the floor yesterday and I could barely get up and I thought, there's my limitation. I, I, I mean, I was bent over like this and my kids were laughing at me. It's a limitation and we are all born, no matter who you are, no matter your last name, no matter where you went to school, uh, no matter how much you paid for your schooling or whatever, we are all born with limitations. We all have faults, we all have strengths, we all have weaknesses. And last week I was talking about those things and our genetics. And yet, while we have limitations, we read in the Word that says our God has no limitations. Amen? He is a whatever kind of God. There is nothing too little. There is nothing too big for our God. He's an all things are possible type of God. He's an exceedingly abundantly type of God. And yet, He is so great and limitless but yet I struggle, we struggle with our own limitations. And now the limitless God that we serve is telling us limited people that we are supposed to live a limitless life through him. But what moves us past ourselves? What, what, what moves us past our own limitations? And I started laying this out last week. And want to continue it today in Acts chapter 3. So turn there with me. I have a water right there on that front row. Dasani water. If you could, that would, thank you so much. It's a limitation this morning. <clears throat> Acts chapter 3. The word of the Lord says, Now Peter and John... Whenever we're talking about Peter, you know it's going to be good. Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame, from his mother's womb, he was born that way, he was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Hmm. Isn't it amazing that we think some people are helping us when really all they're doing is carrying us to the same location week after week, year after year, and we let those people carry us and drop us off at the same location every time. 
And all of the people that we thought were helping, or all, the, all those that he thought were helping him, continue to drop him off, pick him up and drop him off at the same place every single day. Verse three. And when seeing this, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asking for alms and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said to the beggar, he said, look at us. Hmm. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give it to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Notice, it does not say that he prayed for him. It does not say that he got his bottle of oil out. It does not say that he threw a prayer shawl on him. He did not lay hands on him. The word says that he just commanded him, get up and walk. Hmm. Verse seven, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Did you get that? He picked him up after speaking the word and immediately his ankle bones and his feet received the strength that they need. In other words, I will put out my hand to help you, but sooner or later, you've got to get your own strength to stand for yourself. Can I get an amen? I can't hold you up all of my life. I can pick you up every once in a while, but I can't hold you up all of your life. But once I help you up, you've got to find some strength to get up on your own. Amen. I will help you pay your bills this month, but I can't pay the bills all of your life. You've got to get some strength in your bones today. And in verse eight, so he leaping up stood and walked and entered into the temple with them walking and leaping and praising God. And all of the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that, that it was he who sat begging, begging for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Hmm. The book of Acts that we're reading about this morning, reading from this morning, is when God really starts to create the church. Everything that had happened in history was really coming to just this head of a moment right here in Acts. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, they depict the life of Jesus. Jesus dies and he comes back to life and tells his followers, go to Jerusalem and wait there because I have something for you. And in Acts chapter 2, they are all gathered in the upper room and are all filled with the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had because that was his plan. Because he thought whenever I leave, there has got to be somebody else that has some power. Amen. So he said, so I want everybody to have what I had when I was walking here on earth. That was his plan for them. That was his 
his plan. That is what he wanted. And now we not now we not only have one person that is full of the Holy Spirit, but now we have a people. Now we have a nation that has been filled with the Holy Spirit during this time. And now that they have what Jesus had, they they start going around and doing what Jesus did because Jesus put something inside of them. Peter is here preaching. It is his first message. Why? Because now he has the spirit inside of him and now that he has the spirit that Jesus had, now he is doing what Jesus did. That's what the church should be doing today. And now here he is, and he has gone out. He is preaching his first message. And on his first message, it wasn't a bad run because thousands of people were saved at Peter's first very sermon. And Peter also goes out to the gate called Beautiful, and he sees this man here. This is, this is the first New Testament uh, miracle that is not performed by Jesus. Isn't that interesting, but by his followers that now have something inside of them that he once had. Now Jesus is gone and they have taken up his mantle. They have taken up his calling and they have taken exactly what he left for them. And now they are doing the works that Jesus once did. And you've got to understand that this was Peter. Peter was the wild and crazy one. He was that wild child that you have in your home. The one you think, how did this happen? The others are so calm. How is this one the wild child? He was that child. He was that person, the wild, the crazy one. He was always saying something that he should not have. He was always putting his foot into his mouth. He was cutting off ears. He was jumping out of boats. He was asking crazy questions. He had to be Jesus's crazy church member. Look around. There's one in every church. There's a crazy church member. He, he, he had to be the thorn in Jesus' side. Yet when this transition happens, when this culture starts to shift for him, when Peter's culture starts to move and shift, everything that Jesus put inside of him starts to come out of him. This morning, I think God is calling to a lot of adults in the church to shift, to have a culture shock, and for everything that he put inside of you to come out of you this year. Parents, hold on. One day, something in that child of yours will shift. I know you can't see it. But one day, something in that wild child of yours will shift. And everything you planted in them will come out of them. Isn't that a hope for you today? Jesus was tired of playing games with Peter. And then all of a sudden, when this shift happens, when he gives him something that just shocks his culture, the spirit of God, whenever he gives it to him, that something happens. The games were over. And all of a sudden, Jesus puts a demand on Peter like never before. And now Peter is no longer the troublemaker of God, but now he is an apostle of God. There was a shift. Something happened to his culture. So they're going up to the temple that is ran by Judaism. They aren't going to a church. 
These are a bunch of spirit-filled Christians going into a, a, a temple that is run by, by, by Judaism. They are a bunch of spirit-filled Christians going into an old religious system. Hmm. Just like you and I walking around on planet Earth. If you are a spirit-filled believer, whenever we walk into cultures that do not belong with the Word of God, people should look at you and say there's something different about this person. Whenever you start talking in old religious systems, people should feel something different about you. I had someone call me I just met months ago, talked to them, for, they were a pastor, we were doing a wedding together. I hope you're watching today. I want to tell you a little story. I didn't ask, sorry. And we were talking and he was like, what is the difference with your church? When I watched, there's something different. When I was doing a wedding with you, there was something different. And I said, it's the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? amen. It does something to people. It, it, it shifts cultures. It moves things. And now Peter has that spirit inside of him. And here comes Peter and John to the gate called beautiful. And they find a lame man. And the word says that he was born this way. Just like us all. He was born with limitations. We, there is something about this story that we can all identify with. You may not have a physical where someone looks at you and see your limitation, but there is something inside of all of us, can I get an amen, that we wrestle with every day. It's limitations. And he was born with limitations. And guess what? Also like us, his limitations had affected all the areas of his life. He had allowed his limitations to affect so many different areas of his life. It had affected his financial status. It had affected his ability to keep a job. It had affected his relationships, his friendships. It created this domino effect in him. The problem is that we are a lot of times just like this man and we, and, and we usually run to people to fix us. We are people with limitations that run to other people with limitations and expect their limitations to fix our limitations. And the problem is when you are depending on people with limitations, they can, they can only take you so far and they will keep dropping you off at the same place in your life. Why? Because they're just people. I'm a pastor. And I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm a person. I'm not God. And there are too many people in the church that have worshipped pastors. That have worshipped people on stage. And then whenever we fall, or we don't answer our phone, I ain't going there again. I can't worship there. But we are people too. 
We get up every morning and wrestle with ourselves just like you do. We have nerves walking up on this stage just like you would. And here we are with limitations and we are depending upon people with limitations to fix us. If you come to a counseling session with me, I can give you advice, but I can't make you do it. And here he is wrestling with this situation here. The problem is we keep going to people with limitations. The people that carried the lame man, guess what they did? They not only carried him, but they dropped him every single day. People will drop you. People in the church will drop you. Pastors will drop you. Why? Because we're people. We have limitations. There's sometimes when you've got to say no and sometimes when we've got to say no. And they found this man that had been dropped off and they said to him, look at us. This implies that this man who was begging, shaking his cup, he was looking down. And because of the times that we are in right now, this is where a lot of people are finding themselves outside of a beautiful gate, looking down. But how many of you know it is time that the church lifts up their head and their eyes to the hills because that is where our help is coming from. Our help will not come from Washington. Our help will not come from the capital down in an Atlanta. We have put too much stock in those people. And if you put stock in those people, they will drop you. And he said, look up at us. Look at us. The fact that Peter had to say, look at us, to me means that the man had come to the same location. He had come to the same place. He was doing the same thing. He had his little cup so many times that he had lost his expectations for it to ever change. I'm just going to sit here. It can't change. Nothing can ever, I'm going to sit here and shake my cup. I'm going to look down. I'm going to pray for somebody to give me a little money. But I know this situation will never change. Because he knew that money was just going to medicate the problem, but not cure his real issue. But Peter and John say to him, no longer am I going to medicate this problem for you. No longer am I going to enable you. No, but I'm going to shift this problem because if I give you some money, you're going, to go, you're going to stay right here every single day with the same problem. And now we have a people that are walking around every day of life. They had rather be medicated than cured. People in the church had rather be numb than go through the issues of coming to an altar and finding Jesus Christ. We'd rather be medicated. We'd rather somebody drop something in our cup than, 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 than drop the truth before our eyes. And this was the same issue. We have people walking around just like this lame man every single day that had rather be medicated than come to a cure. They had rather be numb than be cured. So many don't want to cure the problem. They don't want, they, they don't want their, uh, to shock their culture. They don't want to go through that. Why? Because it hurts a lot more. And it's a lot easier taking a little medication for our problems. 
See, curing the problem makes it worse for just a little while. If you've ever had a surgery, you go to cure the problem with your surgery. But after the surgery, it's painful. Can I get an amen? But in the end, but in the end, the pain leads to your healing. And if we, the people of God this year, would stop running to people and start running to God, yes, it may hurt when God does open heart surgery on us. It may take you to your knees for just a moment. But in the end, the word says that he will lift you up and he will uphold you with his righteous right hand. And the end of this thing, you will come out stronger than what you started with. And and, and you won't need the medication no more. You won't need the people anymore. You won't need their opinions anymore. You won't be searching for anything on Facebook. ISO. No, no, no. You won't be in search of anything. No, why? Because you ran to God instead of people and he can shift that thing inside of you. And the things you ran to before no longer fix the issues now. It no longer fits that spot. Hmm. And he was looking down. He had lost all expectation. The guy was sitting there, numb, just wanting someone else to contribute to his problem. Peter, being full of the Spirit, and always something in his mouth, looks at him. Full of the Spirit. He picks up on this situation. He picks up on the situation. Here we are at a beautiful gate, and there's an ugly problem sitting in front of the beautiful gate. Hmm. The problem is so ugly that this man could not even see how beautiful the gate really was. The problem had become so ugly that he, did not, he could not even tell that he was sitting in front of a gate. What is a gate? It is an opening. It is a doorway to something else. It is a threshold. It is an opportunity. Gates are symbolic of opportunity. The man is sitting in front of a beautiful opportunity, but his problem was so ugly, he had lost all expectation. Peter said, silver and gold. I ain't going to give it to you, bro. I don't have it. I'm not going to give it to you. In other words, I'm not going to give you what everyone else is. You need somebody in your life who says, I don't have silver and gold, but let me give you something that nobody else will give to you, the truth. He said, I've got a truth for you. I'm not going to give you what everyone else is giving you. I'm not going to contribute to your issue, but I being full of the Holy Ghost now, but I being a, a, a culture shocker, I've got something that can break this cycle off of your life that, 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 that you've had since you were born, that you've had since you were since birth. But I think Peter all of a sudden had a flashback of his time with Jesus and what was once his problem, you know, his big old mouth was once his problem, but, but 
because, because, this, because of the culture that shifted him. Because now being full of the Holy Spirit, was once, the mouth was once his problem, but now his big mouth was the problem. Was, it was now his biggest solution to people. Because of a shift. And like Jesus said to Lazarus, I'm not coming in that tomb for you. I'm not going to pray for you. I don't need my prayer shawl. I don't need oil. I'm just telling you, Lazarus, come forth. Peter takes his word and speaks it into the problem of that man's life. John 6, 63 says, my words are spirit and my words are life. In other words, there are some things you pray for and other things you speak to. You need to understand that this year. There are some things that you pray for. There are other things that you need to speak to. And listen, you will never go wrong when you take God's word and speak it into the weak places of your life. That is what Peter was doing right here. He was shifting the culture of this man's life by speaking the word of God into the weak area of that man's life. The word says that strength came to his ankles and to his feet. It didn't say that it went to his hip. It did not go to his eyes. It did not go to his hands. Why? Because that was not the weak area. That wasn't the problem. I want to tell you this today. The word of God always has a way of getting to the weak areas of your life. You want your weak areas exposed? You want to know what you need to do? Get in the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord always goes through your life and gets to those weak, weak areas that you have. And all of a sudden, here he is. And, and, and here he is. His feet were dead. And Peter realized that the only thing that can bring dead things back to life was the word of the Lord. Why? Because Jesus said, my word is life. God told, well, God told Ezekiel, he said, go to the valley full of bones. And what did he say? He didn't say pray over it. He didn't say stretch your rod, stretch your hand. He didn't say get out the oil. He didn't say bring forth the elder. He said, no, whenever you get there looking at the dead bones, what do you do? He said, just speak to it. And the bones started connecting. The foot got to the ankle and the ankle to the leg and the leg to the hip and the hips to the backbone and the arms. And all of a sudden, the word says a mighty army came up. Why? Because a man did not have to pray, but he followed the word and spoke to the dead thing. Everybody in here has something that is not working in their life right now. You have a limitation. One of our biggest limitations is our mind. You've got something that doesn't act right. You have a generational curse that you deal with every single day. And right now, you've got to decide, I'm tired of going through the same routine. I'm tired of coming to the same place every day. I'm tired of the same people dropping me off at the same location every year of my life. I am tired of listening to opinions. I'm sick and tired of smoking this. I'm tired of snorting that. I'm tired of drinking that. I'm tired of medicating. I'm tired of toxic relationships. I'm tired of putting a band-aid over the real issues. And why don't you just take up the word of God and start to speak it into the very place that is weak and watch that dead thing start to live again? Listen, I, your pastor, 
can take the word of God and speak it. But when we leave this place, I can speak the word and cause you to rise up. But I can't make you walk it. I don't care who I bring in here. I don't care how many chill bumps I give you. I don't care about how many hallelujahs I get. Until you get it inside of you. Until you start to walk this thing. I can only pull you up so far. I can only give you so much truth. And I want to tell you today, you think your situation is ugly. Pastor, you don't know where I have been. You don't know what I have going through my mind right about now. You don't know what I did last week. You don't know what I did last year. You don't know what my family is going through. It's ugly. You don't know what decision I've got to make this week. It's so big and it's so ugly. It is, it is, it is, it is, it is overshadowing everything. I may not know that, but guess what? I do know something that we as a church, you as an individual, we are sitting outside of a beautiful gate. It's the gate of opportunity. It's the gate of revival. The nation right now, the church in America, is sitting outside of a beautiful gate called revival. But everything around her seems so ugly that you cannot see the gate that the Lord is opening up before the church. We have allowed the limitations of a nation to put limits on our God. Hmm. We, the Christian people, have allowed a few famous Christians and all of their limitations to make it so ugly that we cannot see that's not the end. We've allowed culture to paint the picture around us that everything is closing in and we just got to hang on for dear life. I want to tell you something. The church is that close to the third great awakening of America. Azusa Street. Times were ugly. Do you know what was happening in the upper room? Down in the streets, there were riots. There was political upheaval. Racism. People being stoned to death. Crucified in the streets. And what happened? God put a bunch of men and women in a room together. And although it was so ugly on the outside, those men and women pushed in because they saw a gate opening. And all of a sudden, it turned an entire nation. All of a sudden, in that room, the church was born like that because they did not allow 
the politics. They did not allow the opinions. They did not allow the upheaval going on the streets. They did not allow the rioting. They did not allow the racism. Stop them from getting through the gate called beautiful. Stand with me this morning. The only way that we will get through this gate is through the word of the Lord. I'm not being political this morning. I could go on a tangent, but whenever I look at some things that are going to be signed this week, I'm telling you, church. Mm. My heart breaks for a nation. My heart breaks for America. I don't care if it's a Republican or Democrat. There are some things that are about to be signed this week that is not in line with the word of the Lord. That's all I will say. I don't care who you voted for. I love you. You should love me. But whenever something is not in line with the word of the Lord, the church better pray. The church better be the gate called beautiful for our city. The church should be the gate called beautiful for our city. The church right about now should be the gate called beautiful for a nation. And we should stand up and say, you know what? We're just like you all. We're just like the world. We got our own limitations. But we don't allow our limitations to stop us. And we're not going to allow our limitations to keep us out of the gate. We're not going to allow our limitations to keep us out of heaven. And every day we get up and we hand our limitations to the Lord. And we are people that are full of the Holy Spirit. And we're not going to sit here and shift. We're not going to be like a feather in the wind. But we're going to stand here. And we're going to be strong. And we're going to cry out to the Lord. And we're going to fight with our worship. We're going to fight with our prayer. There's a time for everything, but I believe, I believe the Lord is calling the church. You can be an activist, but I think he is saying the activists need to start turning to intercessors and we need to be interceding this year. You don't have to agree with me. You can walk right out of here and be like, I ain't ever going back. That's fine. But I'm telling you right now, church, pray. Pray, pray, pray. And after you've done all you can do, stand there. On Christ the solid rock, I'll stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Stand. 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 The Lord this morning is giving us a word to pick us up. 
And he's putting strength in the church's ankles and feet for a moment like this. That's what he's doing. He is putting strength in our ankles and our feet for a moment just like this. Why? To get through the gate. To get through a revival. To open up something in America that this generation has never seen. To have an upper room experience all across our nation. When everything is ugly out there, there is a fire of the Holy Spirit that is moving across the land. Can I get an amen this morning? But you this year, God is picking us up this, right, this moment, but we've got to start to walk this thing out. The talk is cheap. Opinions are cheap. Show me somebody who can walk it out. I'll show you victory. Would you just close your eyes and bow your head with me today? Lord, we lift you up today. Lord, we magnify you today. Lord, I feel strength rising in our bones. Oh, I feel it rising. This is how we're finding, Lord. Lord, raise us up, oh God. Raise us up, oh Lord. Lord, put some strength in these bones. Jesus, raise up your hands with me today. We thank you today. We thank you today. We thank you today. We thank you today. Mm, this is how I fight my battles. Mm, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I find my battles. Mm -hmm. And this is how I find my battles. Yeah, yeah. And this is how I find my battles. 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 And 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 this is how and this is how I fight my battles. And this is how I fight my battles. And this is how I fight my battles. And this is how yes. And we're standing on your promise. We're surrounded by your goodness. Oh, we're standing on your promise. 
of opportunity that you are giving to the church. I don't care how ugly it is. I don't care what it looks like around us, Lord. I know that you are standing there and there is a gate that is opening before the church today. It's a gate of revival. And my limitations I will not allow my limitations to hinder me from experiencing your glory this year. Legacy Church will not allow her limitations to hinder her from experiencing the fullness of your glory this year. No home in this church will allow its limitations or its dysfunctions to limit us from experiencing your glory. Can I get an amen this morning? So right now, Lord, fill us with your spirit. Put strength in our legs. Put strength in our ankles and our feet today. And let us stand boldly on your word today. Shift some cultures today. We've been outside begging. We've been outside with our faces looking down. God, but now is the time. Today is the day for the church to stand up, God. Today is the day for the church to stop medicating. Today is the day for the church to stop looking at famous personalities and turn our eyes to you, oh God. Shift that today. Move that today, oh God. It's only through you. We thank you today. Amen and amen. Can we put our hands together today and thank God for his word? I thank everyone for being here today. Our ushers are going to come. They'll dismiss you from the back to the front. I pray you have a fantastic week today. Stand firm on the foundation. Fight with your worship this week. Fight with your prayers this week. Look for the gate, walk through it, go online tomorrow at 10 o'clock, get your seats for next week. We'll see you then. Have a great week. God bless.